Welcome to Design Recharge. It is a crazy Design Recharge. We have a community group chat. We are doing a group chat because we're going to talk about learning and what we're learning and how how we're learning now, how we vet what we pay for, and and what all we're doing. So we have a bunch of long time uh, and new uh, Design Recharge listeners and on with us today. So I'm just going to ask questions. Everybody doesn't have to answer every question, but I wanted to give everybody the option to do that. So the first question is, um, it in a way I think has to do with learning, but it's also our discovering what the new normal is. I thought we could maybe share something that you've discovered this week. And I know that's kind of a random, but it's still learning. It doesn't necessarily mean you paid for anything, but maybe something you discovered about yourself because there's been, I've been able to do a lot more self-reflection. Anybody have anything? You can physically raise your hand or you can just, if you have nothing, just hang your head in shame like this. I'm just kidding. And this is like what it's like at school. Okay, Andre and then John. Okay, so uh, this uh, past weekend I was I was doing a live stream of an illustration, a personal illustration, and I find out that maybe my ideas for illustrations have more uh, fans than I thought the, that they would have. So I'm rediscovering doing stuff for me, and that's been quite fun. That's awesome. All right, John, how about you? And I'm going to say Andre Dad for the one who just had a baby today. That's how I'm going to call you as the difference between the two of you. Okay. So John, what did you, have you discovered this in the past week or? So, yeah. So basically I've discovered that I do not work alone very well. I always thought I would. I've always worked in a, you know, in, in a corporation until last year <laughs> and I work in a co-working space where we have a separate office and the last two weeks where I've been at home without these meetings, now don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for my family. My wife is awesome. My kids are here and we're all together and healthy. But work-wise, trying to collaborate with people, I find it quite a challenge to do completely on my own. So I did not realize I was going to struggle with that. And I think I, I came to that realization today. And I think, uh, I think that's a brilliant because I think sometimes people have realized that while they get a lot more done or this is really much better for them because they are controlling their environment. I know I had a student who said, I just don't like this. I like to be able to come in and see the other people in the classroom. And I said, I, and Sarah's like that too. Sarah was not the one who said this, but, and I was like, okay, so this tells you something and he's building a company. I said, then you need to make sure that as you're building a company, you do not just have remote workers because you know that it's important for you to come in and create that community and that culture. So that's also something, but think about what you and Dee have done. You've been able to go outside of your house and you have not now, but you have a space that you've rented and that was really important. And I mean, because yeah. now you work in a co-working space, right? Correct. Yeah. It's a separate office, but it's attached to this co-working space. So there's usually someone in there that you can kind of, you know, you have coffee with in the morning, you see them. I mean, you're interacting with people and now you're kind of isolated with the same four or five people 
in the same environment that you actually live in at night. And I've found that that's more of a challenge than what I realized it would be. Does anybody else so. have that? You can just raise your hand if that's been something that has been an issue. Poor Will is in his little house by himself. Paul, you're like that too. Normally you work by yourself though, Paul, but it's just that it's just that we're, how about you, Scott? Are you at all uh, thwarted by this working alone at home? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, because I'm an, I'm an introvert. I'm somebody that, that does work at home and I like to work at home. Um, uh, there was a time where I was, I was kind of taking my son to school and because of his classes, I, you know, I couldn't go back and come back again. So I would go to Starbucks and you know a lot of people like to work like that. So I brought my iPad, but I still missed, I just missed being at home and having my whole setup and everything like that. But it's weird because you, it's like you don't really know what you have until it's gone, I guess. Maybe that's not the right analogy, but um, I'm finding now that before I didn't really make an effort to go out and do, the, do that kind of stuff. But now that that's not available to me, I want to do that so much more. So even when I'm out, you know, walking my dog and stuff like that, I just notice like when you pass people um, and of course social distancing and all that, but, but there are people out walking and stuff like that and everyone's kind of smiling and it's, 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 Whereas before, like so people, it seemed like they wouldn't even pay attention half the time when you walk by them. So I think when this is all over, I think if there's any good that comes out of it, I think people are going to start to be a lot more social and realize that uh, we need that and, and not to take advantage of that. Yeah, for sure. I feel like this is like Noah and the flood. It's the only time everybody in the whole world's going through the whole thing. Like, Maybe that's a weird analogy, but that is what it feels like. Because a war, some countries might not be involved, you know? Or anyway, it's weird. I'm glad we're all here together. It really does make it feel like a really smaller world, for sure. And I'm thankful to have. All right, Naomi, what about, oh, hang on, John. Let, go to, let me go to Naomi and then back to you. <clears throat> um, so I'm actually discovering that I want to create a recurring revenue situation for myself and kind of going through the discovery process of what that's going to look like for me and all the all the little pieces i'm discovering there's a lot of moving pieces to what that might look like so um in the last couple of weeks that's one of the things i've been focused on besides the one client project i have going so so some self-discovery and in, in growing your business in a way that you didn't think about before yeah, and I think because I had my daughter last year, um, I'd love to make money in my sleep, which isn't something that ever occurred to me. I wanted to like be super involved in every project before, and now I'm like, well, how can I not do that? <laughs> so Scott yeah. makes money in his sleep. <laughs> it's my goal. Yeah, I keep sorry. I keep uh, I keep forgetting to unmute myself. Yeah, I, 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 that was one thing that I was lucky that I kind of started on that that road to kind of earning passive income before because if I was in a situation now where I, you know, I was desperate to do that. So, because basically my client work dried up after all this. So at least I've got some income coming in. And like I said, that's my main focus right now is just keep building these digital products and stuff. And there's other passive income streams I was doing like t-shirts and things like that through Amazon, which they've temporarily shut down. So I also published books on Amazon, which that might be the next thing to shut down. So right now it's just like, well, I don't think they're going to shut down any kind of dis digital distribution. So that's what I'm focusing on. But I'm, I'm happy that I, I started on that road a while back. Cause it, it, it is, 
it's an investment in time and it takes a while to build that up unless you just get super lucky with something. You know? So I'm going to transition. Oh, John, you had something you wanted to say. Oh, just real quick. What Scott was mentioning about people seeming to be more interactive when you're out for walks. I definitely have noticed that in the last week or so. And it seems to be more and more common. Even, I mean, everyone is looking and waving at each other, you know, keeping their distance, but just seems that everyone's kind of noticing each other and interacting a little bit more, which personally I love. I'm a waver, so I'll go out for a run. I'm waving at everyone, which drives my wife and my daughter crazy because they're not that way. But <laughs> what can a wave hurt, right? So I, I like the interaction. Anyway, that's all I had. So yeah, I'm noticing the same thing. I love that. Um, I've noticed that at, if I'm at the grocery store, I don't make eye contact because I'm really chatty and I just want to connect. So I'm like, I look away. And anyway, I don't know if that's anybody else has done that, but it has been really difficult because I want to connect and it feels really like I'm, I don't know. I think there's a lot of people at the grocery store, but whatever. I'm trying to go earlier. Okay. So one of the things I want to say is um, one thing Debbie's done and she didn't know I was going to ask her about this, but um, she decides, so she's a mural artist and she does, she does murals, but she also does um, a pattern design, surface design. And so what does somebody who's, who's doing that, how do they pivot? And I love Debbie has such a great attitude. I am so glad she's here today. But so you did something, Debbie, um, that you were giving away. You want to tell them what you were doing? So I don't have to. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, bringing this up. But um, I've been giving away free coloring pages. Like I'm not the only artist doing that, but I, it came to mind to me like two weeks ago to do it. Um, so I've been, I set up my newsletter for the first time ever that I've had for like 10 years that I've never sent out anything to anyone on the list. So I was like, well, you know, what better time to do it than now? So I've been doing that and um, yeah, it's been fun. And, and I, I think for me, it's interesting because um, even just in the insecurity I still have in my work and that sometimes where I thought nobody's going to want this, like whatever, but you know, I've got, it's gotten a great response and people are just happy to have something to do. And I think they even feel considered or something in a way that I wasn't expecting people to feel. So that's been kind of, that's been a pretty cool thing to experience. I think it's a different audience though, your coloring pages. It's if, if Scott was doing coloring pages, it might be different. If Andre was doing coloring pages, um, it would be different. So I think that we all have different audiences, but yours is more of an adult, kind of like a meditation coloring pages mm -hmm. as well, I feel like. So mm -hmm. to me, this is a, it, it is the only one I've seen that was more so ad adult focused and it was more in that Zentangle sort of feel, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but it also allows people to see what you can do and how it can, and it's how even having that pattern around them can ease them or excite them. And so it's a really neat, I thought that was a really neat thing you did. Oh, thank you. All right. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was um, what and where are you learning? And then how do you decide? And has anybody in this time bought something that they, because a lot of times people are like, oh my goodness, I'm not buying anything. Or some people have the idea of, I've got to take this time to invest and I'm going to dig in. Is it, um, so raise your hand if you've bought anything during this time. Okay, so Will, Amy, Brian, Troy, Sarah, me. Okay, so Troy, what did, uh, you don't have to tell us how much it costs or anything, but can you just tell us what you bought and why? 
<laughs> I can. So um, in a past life, I was a competitive bike racer, right? I used to race at the velodrome out at Marymore Park in Redmond and raced on the road and raced collegiate. And I've always ridden. And um, it was that was my social connection, right? The social aspect of it is what kept me on the bike. And that's gone right now, right? I've been on a few solo rides and it's okay. But so anyway, the thing I bought was I, I have a stationary trainer at home that I've been using for 20 years, super simple. So I upgraded that and I bought a smart trainer um, that the bike hooks up to and it interacts with um, software like Zwift or Grand Tours and I can go online. I went for a ride in New York with my friends the other day, right? So other people can get online. They're the people you have headphones and you can talk to them your trainer responds to the hills. Um, you can race each other, and it's a, basically a virtual world of of bike racing and cycling. So we've been getting that interaction back through our sport, but in our garages, in our basements, wherever we are. Right. That's really cool. It's really fun. I bet. That would be really, that's really cool. Okay, so Anna over in the chat, she's in Florida. She says she's using lynda.com to strengthen her animation skills. Anybody raise your hand if you're learning a new skill through something that you already pay for, Skillshare, lynda.com, anybody? Nobody here visually. Okay, um, Andre uh, in, oh, Brian says sort of, or he's teaching people on Skillshare probably. Um, Andre and Andre have said they haven't bought anything, both Andres, but they're both learning. So um, Andre knew, I don't know if you're a new dad. This is, is this number one child? Uh, no, no, it's number three, third girl. Okay, third, okay, old hat. You don't, don't even have to be there. No, I'm just kidding. I know you would have been there probably. Um, so what are you learning? I'm actually, I'm learning from, uh, it's called Cadenza, Cadenzi. Uh, the history of graphic design. I, I don't feel that there's enough history being relatively new. Um, so I'm really interested in the history of design um, and it's been pretty good. Um, on LinkedIn Learning, there's some pretty good workshops there as well, but I'm, I've focused on this and um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, so that's what I'm currently doing in the evenings. And it's free? Yeah, it's free. It comes with the, actually what I'll do is I'll drop the link onto your Facebook. It's uh, There's these free Ivy lead courses and yeah i might actually pay for them for the upgrade which is 20 dollars a month for to get marked because so, uh, i'm pretty pretty excited about it um i enjoy the history of it all so that's what i'm doing at the moment um i'll drop the link off in on on facebook because i've got like loads of different courses not just design there's just there's a whole bunch of stuff there that's cool that'd be great and also i have i'll send you um i did a week uh, I don't know if it, I think it was just three days. It was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of design history, one design history, two design history, three that we okay. did on design recharge. And it was a little different. We did it last summer. And then maybe I can connect you with my friend Mandy who taught that for us. I don't know if you guys saw it, but again, that'd be free too. And you can watch it. And so Sounds fantastic. get another perspective. Of course she did all design history one in one day and two, you know what I mean? Okay, so uh, Demi says he also is not paying for anything, but he is overlearning because he's books count. So Demi always, me and Demi always have good conversations about books. So Demi, what are you reading now? So what, one thing I'm not paying for, but it's a course, is um, um, uh, an introduction to game theory from Stanford. Like this is the whole course is 
is online without uh, any sort of charge, which is good because I had studied mathematics in the past and I had studied game theory as a, you know, it was a very abstract thing. And now that I'm in business, like it feels very different. So it's, it's, it's very applied now. So getting back refreshed with the concept is really, really exciting. And, you know, I studied in University of Crete, not in Stanford. So that's, that's also an upgrade, um, which is really but, nice. But you're learning something outside of our industry and then making connections. I think that. Yes. That's yes. That's my, that's my big, uh, that, that's my big focus for the year. I think. I think I find it very hard to to learn things inside the industry. To be honest, um, I've tried so hard to to get any useful information about typography, and I'm really really challenged. Like most typography books, start with all the basic, very commonplace things that we all know, and then there's a gap, and you know there's nothing there. So I I feel that I I would pay I would pay lots for a good typography course, but it's really hard to trust any of them, like any of them that go beyond the basics. That's uh, a good point. So how do you vet? So that would be one thing I would kind of ask. That was one thing I wanted to talk about was how do you vet? How do you, so time, we might have a little bit more time. Some of us have less time because we have other people to, that are around that are not normally around. So how do you vet either time or money that this is going to be worth and how long do you spend in learning? So Demi, I know he has to finish a book. So it is this compulsion. He yeah. can't not finish, you know, so it's really important to figure out what you're going to read before you really, uh, cause you know, you're going to dig in. Does that, isn't anybody like, how would you vet a deeper typography course or has anybody taken a, a typography? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm happy to answer how how I see this. So, for me, the, the like the defining thing is when people speak about line spacing. I think line spacing is one of the most rare things uh, to to tackle in in typography courses. So you mean leading? Like no. in web, they call it line spacing, but in type, they call it leading. So leading is the Leading, no, leading. that, yeah, leading, then, then leading, I, ha I'm, I think I have a terrible sense of leading myself, uh, I find it really hard, like my, my vision doesn't match the industry standards, and I, I know the basic, the basic um, relationships set out by Boroni, but other than this, I've heard nothing like nobody has given me a good concrete analysis of you know how how does letting change you know who the, who is really good at this and he passed away this year but his wife still has it on is uh, rachel elnar with type ed okay. she would be able he uh michael hmm i can't think of what his last name was right now but he was a wizard uh when it came to that but Sarah, I'm going to pull you on the spot now. <laughs> it's a new teacher coming out. Sarah, what's the one thing with learning that I teach you in class about what it should look like, whether it's on print or in um, online? Do you remember what color it should be? It should be gray, not black. Right. So when you squint your eyes, if it's leaded correctly, that's not a mathematical uh, 
thing, but that's, you know, that's when it's too tight, it appears darker gray. It should appear 50% gray. I don't know, you guys can, Will probably has another thing because he always likes to challenge me, but that is what I teach and that's what uh, Bill Meggs and those people taught me. And Will, of course, is quiet. Good job, Sarah. I can, I can interject something there too. Please. Um, one spot you might want to look at to me is not actually courses, it's actually books. Of course, I'm a book person, so I always love books. But old books in particular, um, typesetting books back from the metal type days, so letterpress typesetting, because those dealt strictly with visual parameters because there was no, you know, there's no dial you can turn to change things. Um, and since you were operating from fixed type sizes, um, the, the relationships became very, very important about how, you know, how do you set eight point? How do you set 10 point? How do you set 11? How do you set 12 point type to make it look right and look balanced? And that, that notion of color is exactly it. And I, I, I don't have them right in front of me, but I can certainly look and see, you know, some references that um, they might uh, appeal to you more from the advanced standpoint, since that was all very advanced typesetting. That's a great tip. And did you know, guys know that uh, Paul was a physicist, or I guess still is a physicist. He's Dr. Paul Nylander, right? That's true. I probably messed up your last name because Demi knows that I can't say people's last names. But no, um, no, you, you got it right. Oh, sure. <laughs> so Amy said, Amy held up a book, held it up again. Is that, um, who's Ellen Lupton's? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great point, though, going for some old, but uh, type ed, Rachel Elnar, there are some saved courses, and he, uh, Michael would go through why, how, if your type was this size, how, what he would, he did it mathematically, so you would probably really dig into that, uh, Demi, just so you know, because it's, it would itch that math scratch that you had, or whatever, scratch that math itch, you know what I mean. Thank you, Andre, Dad, Andre, for giving me a smile. Everybody else is like, like kids in my class. Hello, people. Your face makes a big difference. <laughs> okay. Uh, see, Naomi's just stuck in a smile, right? Because she just got her picture up. <clears throat> All right. So, any, so Brian says um, he decided he's, he's learning on, he, Brian's also a teacher on Skillshare. So, you might learn something from Brian on Skillshare if you want to pick up some new things like Figma or whatever. So, uh, Brian, you decided to start doing sports to take, uh, our good friend, Fraser Davidson's sports. Do you want to talk? Sure. Yeah. Um, I landed a, a fun mascot job, but it was different. It's a Corgi. So it has to be a Corgi or a lab. So, um, I was, I, I was floating around, but I've seen his animation before and um, some of his sports logos. And so I thought it'd be good to kind of float through it. I didn't sit through the entire thing, but um, wanted to see kind of some of his line making suggestions and uh, some of that stuff. It, it's a little bit more sports oriented versus like what I need to do is kind of have an approachable version, but it really helped me think about some of the, the ways to um, simplify a dog face. So. That's great. Perfect. All right. So anybody else, um, uh, somebody else said their hand up that they bought something. Amy. But you have to unmute. Yeah. 
I bought last week. Um, it was a online, I guess, uh, like webinar type series, like you can refer back to it. It's actually in Spanish. <laughs> so I'm also starting to get back into trying to learn Spanish using Duolingo on my phone. What um, is it? What's the course? It's, it's by a guy called Ed Bill, E-D-V-I-L-L, -L, and it's an illustration course. Um, I just really love his style of illustration and um, I know he gives workshops a lot, but they're usually in other countries. <laughs> and so, yeah, I watched that this weekend and it was interesting because I had to watch it closed captioning so I could read the English, but I spent like a whole day listening to Spanish. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's it was cool. funny though, because the, the way the captioning went was like, you'd see a split second of the Spanish translation before it slip, it would flip to the English. And I'd start trying to understand it in Spanish. I'm like, oh, they're thinking, oh, that's what I mean. But oh, you know what this, know. you know what this says to me is that we may like people like Andre dad and Jose and uh, Andre is in Portugal. We maybe need to, it's not as important. Um, the, we might have followers that want to hear from us that especially now we would even sign up for something if it even had closed caption because so i think that that's a really neat point so this may be something that you wouldn't have signed up for before but now you're like edville v-i-l-l-e right v-i-l-l oh v-i-l-l and Ed it's on a platform called domestica i think but it like c with the the C's a K, but like it, he put out a thing on Instagram, I think last week said it was the course was free and it was also heavily discounted. So it ended up being like, if I wanted to buy the course to go back and reference, it was on sale for like $10. So I was like, I can't pass that up. Um, so yeah, that's it. The one that Andre Gatano put down there, Domestica. Awesome. Uh, in the chat. Uh, but it was good. And that's what I did on Sunday as I watched the whole thing. That's awesome. All right, Will, what about you? I just got a month of Code Academy so I could start teaching myself C Sharp. Mm, why? Because I felt like I was not progressing in anything creative during this time. So I wanted to just like change my mind how it was thinking and just target something different. So to me, this is funny because you are doing a specific shift out of digital. So do you think in all this is pushing you back into more digital answers? I mean, for right now, yeah, because my studio got taken away. <laughs> so I just sit up my computer all day. But um, I think like it's easy, like during times like this, like not be able to do what you've done in the past, just because your mind isn't working the same. So I just wanted to like shift and like make my mind work on something different for a little bit. I think that's a great idea. So how has, how long have you been doing it? And have you seen a difference in your mind? Yeah, I, I definitely like I've been freelancing a lot because I got a few new clients who are dealing with the pandemic a little differently. Um, and I'm being able to produce for them pretty well, I think, because like at night I like turn off my creative side of my brain or whatever and just start thinking more analytically through code and algorithms. <laughs> so, Will, I don't think you said this when you introduced yourself. I don't know if you introduced yourself. Have you? Did you? I did. Oh, sorry. Um, it's because I spend a lot of time with Will. Maybe that's why. So, <laughs> but did you say? Did you tell them that um, you do the 
Dungeons and Designers podcast. No. Somebody just, Amber just said, nice mic setup. He does have oh, a nice you. mic setup. <laughs> so tell him what you do, because this might be something fun for everybody to I do. do. As a hobby, I run a podcast called Dungeons and Designers, where designers play D&D together. Uh, comes out like every two weeks. There was supposed to be an episode come out yesterday, but I didn't do it. So that will come out later tonight because <laughs> it's almost done. Um, but yeah, it's pretty fun every two weeks. And now we do it live video uh, two ways a month because we're all locked in our homes anyway. So it's, it's been a fun learning curve too and way to relax. Are you still inviting people to play? Oh, yeah. Every, every episode, we get a guest who's never played D&D or wants to just play D&D with other designers. So if anyone here wants to play D&D with me, uh, shoot me an email. I think Demi gave you the, I don't know, look, I'm like threes. I'm like, yeah, is this I've, the thing? I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not an amateur. Like I've, I've played since 2000, so it's 20 years now that I'm playing. But I'd love to see an hey, episode man. with Diane. <laughs> so would that I. Would be so much fun. <laughs> the I'd people like have to spoken, see, Diane. Uh, uh, I'd like to see Demi kick some butt. Uh, Demi's like, I'm not an amateur, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. All right, I'm up for anything. I just need to know how to play. All right, so anybody else? Did you say you were learning something and you paid for something? Sarah, what did you say you paid for? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of doing the opposite of Will and I'm going a little more physical with most of my stuff. So I bought, um, inks and, and watercolor stuff, but that's kind of sort of because I have a school project for it too. But then I also bought some more tools for my Cricut because I knew that I wanted to make more with it while I have the chance and I'm at home. That's great. So Andre, maybe this is something you could do a live stream of you working with your tools because it may be a good way for you to introduce people in because you do love to use physical things. And then some people are like, hey, now we have these things. Or Scott does all kinds of videos and he has digital tools that he's using. So I just think stuff like that. It's just yeah. ways for us to reach. I did that on the live stream. Like I was inking with the brush and ink. Um... So I had to figure out how to film it and watch the chats on Instagram. That's so what how, I was doing. how would somebody get on your list? On my list? Just follow me on, on Instagram. And that's okay, on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, Instagram Live, that's what I, I was using. Perfect. I've watched him on Instagram Live. It is very relaxing. Oh. I mean, I wasn't doing it with you. It was just really nice to watch. Okay, so what about... Um, We've talked about what we're learning. We've talked about, um, does anybody besides Demi, because I know Demi does this, and we'll ask Demi in a minute, um, do you have a learning plan regularly? Brian, I want to ask you, do you have a learning? You teach a lot, so do you have a learning plan? Look at his face. He's like, oh, gosh, not me. I'm an artist, too, so I, I flow a lot. Um, and three kids, so, you know, um, if I've got extra time after a project, you know, I usually have three web projects, maybe an illustration project and then, um, work, working on one, uh, like UI design at the same time. So I, I shift a lot. 
and then I'll find a couple hours uh, that I can just inject into a class or into learning. So when you're doing something like that and you're doing a lot of digital stuff, do you tend to do more learning in a physical space, kind of like what Sarah's doing, going anti, or do you tend to do more like Will and go something that you don't know yet? Hmm. It, it varies. Like I've been painting these like dot paintings for about a year now and I'm about done. Like I'm just, and I'm ready to shift back to block printing. And so I'm going to do block prints all summer, but I, I have the analog, but I treat analog more like a, um, sorry, coffee makers going crazy. <laughs> um, uh, treat analog like a piece or like, uh, uh, hmm, uh, what do you, a meditation almost. Mm. So it's like late at night, early mornings and, listening listening to music to channel like certain colors stuff like that and then when i i kind of get it out of my system but then i hold parts of it so that i could put it into my digital work but always with professional work it's like held back a little bit so mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point debbie i wonder if you're like that um I missed part of that. I'm sorry. It's okay. Could you please pay attention, girl? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, he said like when he's doing these dot paintings, it's very meditative, I guess. He's putting, he's not necessarily thinking. So it's very, um, he said, you said meditative, right? Or yeah, meditative. You? I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just playing with you. And you know. it doesn't always carry into your digital work. Well, but, but do you, when, when you're in deep in making patterns and um, graphics, is that something that's more, um, when you go to learn, do you hit something else that's opposite or do you try to learn something more marketing or business or do you try to learn more like physical skills? Oh, I'm kind of all over the place. It, it just depends, but right now I'm trying to learn how to make crossword puzzles, but I feel like it's, it, goes into I didn't realize it prior to learning how to make them that there's patterns and illusion involved in all of it so I don't know I think I actually maybe I do lean more towards branding and marketing in that when I'm trying to learn outside of the actual um more of the meditative or hand-drawn type skill so the hand sorry, I'm sorry I was more of an outlet no honey I'm just playing with you we're just together it's just family time all right so um Anybody else have a learning plan or does anybody like meaning Demi would tell me to say, I always quote you Demi, don't I? I'm like, Oh, Demi would say, Demi would say you need to do uh, revenue tomorrow at least. Yes. Right. I yes. said it right yes. today. <clears throat> I think you say two or four hours a day, two hours a day, two, two. two hours. But then he also does learning two hours of learning a day, four, four hours of learning a day. And that's a lot. Um, that's a, Amy's like, Oh, that's a commitment, buddy. Uh, but that's Demi working for Demi. Right. So is there, is any, and that's, a, he's very structured. So, um, and, and that really helps Demi to, to work best. But like, I just try to get in a certain amount of time in a week. Is that anybody else? Like, that's what my learning plan would be. I would like to, I just don't. <laughs> so other things take precedent. What about you, Matt? 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm. It's it's been on my mind a lot. Um, my whole story is that I was working quite a bit when I was working with magazines, and I know that's been a long time ago. The magazines have just sort of faded away, um, and I still work with magazines now, but that's getting less and less. And so I've been in I've been in career 2.0 for a while here, trying to figure out what I'm doing next. Um, and I'm drifting, um, and as I'm kind of now getting into this whole social distancing and locked in my house, whether I like to or not, um, I'm realizing that I need to take this time, and it's like a I'm 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 looking at this time as a given. This is like this is the thing. It's like you know you've been putting stuff off for way too long. Now everybody's stuck, and so the whole learning thing when you guys are talking about that, um, that's exactly what I've been thinking about doing is jumping on and starting uh, to buy some, buy some stuff and start learning. Um, but it's, it's a big move for me because I'm not, I've, I've not been in that place. I'm uh, listening to Demi, what you say, it's four, four hours of learning a day would be amazing. Um, but my whole career trajectory has been, I've been, I was buried in work for quite a while. And so I got pretty spoiled and I didn't need to learn anything. I just kept doing what I was doing and now it's changed. So yeah, now's the time to do it. So that's, I'm, my plan is to start picking up some stuff and learning. Let me tell them what you do pretty quick. I, I have, uh, just so you guys know, I have another meeting at three, so I got to, or my okay. three. So, so, so basically uh, learning might be a big word. So what I do is I, I work six days a week. So that's, that's one thing that I do different than most people. I, I work for four hours a day on client work. I do two hours a day on on what I call revenue tomorrow, which is basically looking for clients, marketing, writing content, stuff that will provide new leads. Um, I do four hours of exploration that might be structured learning, like reading books, or it might be me watching, you know, some random video on insects that in three years from now might come in handy in something that I do like completely unrelated. But I allow myself four hours a day to go in the rabbit holes and stuff like that. I have two two hours of social life and I have four hours of entertainment, which is uh, you know, my food, my series, time with my wife and stuff like that. So it's not that four hours are strictly learning. Some of them are like I, I read Last year, I read 46 books, and I'm already at 17 books right now. So in the first three months, I'm going to break this. But again, like for me, it's just the exploration, just getting acquainted to, to new stuff. I think that's great. So how long is a normal work day? Because I know you're a math guy, but I can't do that much math in one time. 10 hours? Oh, but you're on mute, buddy. 10 hours ish. So again, so client work is four hours and uh, marketing for my business is two hours. And then there's some studying, which involves again, like um, two of the four hours, I would say, but I work six days. So like um, if you divide this by five, it's going to be uh, a bit different. Right. Right. I gotcha. All right, so we're just talking about things we're learning now. Canada is represented, people, with Dave Co. here. All right, so one of the, uh, the last question I wanted to see, unless anybody else had a learning plan. I mean, obviously, I'm a teacher. I think I'm a, a long time off forever learner, I think. I think that's the best way to be. 
Um, especially in our industry, we have to continually be learning. Um, I think it's amazing that Paul was a physicist, got his doctorate in physicist, and then he was like, you know what, I like graphic design. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna do graphic design. Paul's got a great story. And I think it's it, what holds your interest. And I think I love that Demi said he'd watch a thing on bug. Sometimes John will put on something and I you know, just listening and it's a weird documentary, but it ends up coming out in something else. That's how the beaver came to be because he was watching a documentary on beavers. Um, and now I've watched it. And I don't even know how many times. <clears throat> so how do you know if what you're learning is a good investment of either your time or your money? How do you decide? Does anybody have a thought on that? Yeah. Uh, Demi in a minute, we're going to go to Amy real quick. So, <laughs> and then Demi. Um, if it's something that I'm interested in and I enjoy the topic, I think it's worth it. Um, and if it's something that I feel is going to help me in my career, then I think it's also worth it. But if I just can't get into it, then I obviously am not that interested and I don't need to spend my time on it. Okay. So, Demi, just tell us quick. Oh, and then, well, let me go to Troy and then back to Demi. Oh, and then Paul and then to Demi. We'll just leave Demi at the end because it's birthday and it's April Fool's. All right, Troy. I think there's a couple ways I look at whether or not something is a good investment, right? One thing I'm learning right now by virtue of being the only person able to do it is animation. So I've been learning um, Premiere Pro and After Effects because our team downsized recently. And so we were left without... Um, an illustrator for one and left without a video person. So who gets to do this stuff? So I'm going through the books and learning that, right? That's something I can definitely add to my skills and that has a marketable value. I can make money from that, mm -hmm. right? Other types of learning, I think if we look at learning from a perspective of play, you know my thing, mm -hmm. right? I, I get huge value because I think it does touch every point of my life, including my career, doing things like I've been learning how to play classical guitar, right? So it forces me to understand the importance of taking that brain break in order to make my other skills stronger by, you know, learning, creating new pathways, learning a new thing, learning a new skill. Those new skills might show up in other areas of my work. Um, the other thing I've been playing with, um, I didn't buy it over this. I bought it a long time ago, but now that I have the time to play with it, I bought a little line of scribe um, letterpress machine. And it came with a whole bunch of lead type and images. And going back to our conversation about type design earlier, you can be an expert of laying out type on a screen, but when you actually have lead type to play with, it's a whole different way to look at this thing that you think you're an expert at, right? So, oh yeah, I'm a typographer. I, can you lay out lead type on a bed? But it's no. backwards, right? It's backwards. It's yeah. literally turning upside down. And looking at that as, oh, you know, I have to learn how to do this because I need the skill. But instead of looking at, I'm going to play with this for a while. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to solve this puzzle. Mm. So I think that there, there's certainly a monetary value in the things we do. And I feel the same way about if I'm trying to learn something and I can't get into it is that a skill that I really want to say that I'm good at because I'm not going to want to do it later. Right. We already do too many things every day in our work that we don't necessarily want to do that we have to do, but learning video, that's awesome. I've always wanted to do that. And now I'm forced into a position to do that. 
and then being able to add that to my skill set, I think is valuable. But all the other stuff around it, right? So one thing that Troy and I have talked about when he said this about learning the classical guitar again, is that one of the questions I asked you was, how are your fingers? Do you have your calluses yet? How about, how about it, Troy? They're getting there, but the, I'm not, that's not so hard with nylon strings. The hardest uh. part is growing my fingernails uh. in a way to be able to play. So, I so have bad fingernails for guitar. <laughs> so, but here's the thing, I guess, no matter what skill it is, it's very obvious in, in, um, sorry, my husband's phone. Um, it's very obvious in guitar when you're not having nylon strings that it's painful to grow because right. you have to build the calluses. So as we are learning, we need to be reminded that it is not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be just a walk in the park. You're going to fall off your bike. You got to get back up. You're going to get bloody and it's going, but it takes every day you practicing to build up those calluses. And every day you, you, instead of going into the habit of biting your nails, which I would do, is to say, no, I want this. I want to sacrifice this um, peaceful thing, meditative thing, I guess, biting my fingernails is because I want something else more. And I think that it's, we got to remember that sometimes learning is painful. And just because it's painful doesn't mean we need to quit. Sometimes it does. Like if Amy's like, mm -mm, I do not want to learn this. I am right there with you. There are certain things I will have Paul or Troy or whoever led set, you know, letterpress set this stuff. This is not, that is not fun to me. I have played with it. Um, I think it is fun to look at and I appreciate it, but I, I'm like, mm, I love command P. I love command <laughs> P people. Right. So I think it's, that's one of the things I just want to remind everybody that learning isn't, isn't ever easy, you know, right. Just want to give you a little pep talk there. Yeah. Naomi. Um, you were talking about the filter that we use to decide if something's worth learning. And I just think as um, creatives, it's really easy to get stuck in a, a me mindset and think, what am, what am I going to enjoy? What's cool? to me, but I think one of my primary filters for when I decide what to learn is, is this going to progress my clients' businesses? Am I going to be able to contribute to their work because I'm learning this new skill or this, whatever it may be, information? Um, am I going to be able to help their business succeed more because I have this um, savvy of whatever I'm learning? Um, and I think it's hard because as creatives, we view things as our artwork, but when we're running our businesses, that's not the case. It's not our artwork anymore. It's, you know, something that we need to be filtering through a them mindset and how are we helping our clients survive and thrive? So I think that's my, my biggest filter these days for sure. I love that. And you would be so proud of me because I signed up for a story brand, the live whatever. It's not in person anymore, but I, I'm doing yeah. it on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I, so for me, if, if, that was kind of that, my return on investment is, is yeah. something that I will be able to either use to teach other designers in power station. Will yeah. I, and on design recharge, will, will I be able to use it for my clients to help them grow? And then, or will I be able to use it to teach my students? So yeah. I had to contract with Will to do some, not that I won't ever do that, Will, I promise. I just want to learn a little bit more. 
Um, <laughs> I contracted with Will to do accessibility training. So I signed up for an accessibility. So those were things that were uh, on my, I wouldn't have necessarily wanted to do that. But now I'm like, okay, I should know at least when I'm building a site, how I can build it better to be more accessible. So this is something for an ROI. I know I will get return on my investment. It's not necessarily. So I love that you said that, Naomi. Um, somebody else had their hand up about, yeah, Paul. Yeah, the thing I was going to add there is just, um, so I'll sometimes make myself uh, my own little versions of inspirational posters. And one of the ones that I have up, I can't show you because it's facing me here, but it says, uh, and I, I don't remember who said this originally, but uh, time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. And that's something I've had to remind myself of sometimes because um, I, I certainly get the idea of, you know, learning skills to help clients. And I, and I do that without a doubt at the drop of a hat. I love learning new things. But sometimes it's fun just to play. And I think understanding that even though I don't know how this is going to be useful, it's still going to be useful because it does contribute to my art, it contributes to my practice. And maybe it just makes me feel good. That's okay too. <laughs> so that's kind of the thing I would share. So Troy, you would, I know, jump in on say about how important. So Demi would be like, you got to read, you got to do business revenue tomorrow, but also maybe you would challenge Demi to play more and why, but here's the thing with play, right? This is what Troy's taught me. He's going to be on design recharge sometime. I don't know when we don't have a date or I, he has Ashley's done the date, but play has to have a start and an end, right? It can't, that's, you want to tell them about that? Yeah. So that's the whole, so the workshop I did at Ben design a couple of years, play creativity and problem solving. And I'll do this. We're getting close to the end. So long story short, um, we wanted to do a workshop that really brought designers back to a childlike state of play in a very literal sense, right? We used Play-Doh and Mr. Sketch, the snowy Mr. Sketch markers. We did hand lettering exercises with our non-dominant hand. And what we wanted to illustrate was that children learn everything they know about the world through play, right? They solve very complex problems and come up with answers to challenges through play. And as we grow up, as we get older, play gets replaced with evaluation and responsibility and achievement and then through those things the inner critic um, comes up right so you draw a picture of a horse in third grade and you put it on the wall and the teacher says that's not a horse that's not how you draw a horse that's wrong and so your inner critic says okay i'm never gonna let you hi i have my shadow here behind me <laughs> um, she heard me talking about play so i wanted to come running anyway it's something I think that gets educated out of us. And then, so as creative professionals, how do we get back to that? That being able to play. And like Diane said, one of the most important things about play is being able to schedule it. You know, say you have a big project coming up. You know, I have, I'm right now, I'm working on a set of icons for a new mobile app. Before I jump into even brainstorming or thinking about what those are, I set aside time and I, put it in my ticket as 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. is playtime for this project. And I love it because project managers twitch and they're like, ah, what do you mean? Are you brainstorming? No, we're going to play. We're going to whiteboard. We're going to play with Play-Doh. We're going to make icons with these tactile things. Maybe we'll make them out of Legos, but we're going to play and we're going to time box this time period because 
play has to start and play has to end. Otherwise, it's not play. It's just everyday life, right? And I think that's what makes it so special and so important. Anyway, that's, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, design recharge around that would be really fun. Yes, for sure. It's happening. We're, we're doing it. All right. Well, so we have 10 minutes left. Demi, uh, sin, sin, oh me, no, go ahead. I no, was just going to interject something there because I know uh, people have asked a lot of times how one gets from science to design. And I think what Troy is just talking about there is exactly it. I mean, science is all about play, experimentation, exploration. That's all it is. I mean, it's, it's granted in a, in a contextual lab environment, but it's also what can you try that you haven't tried before? You know, just try it. Worst thing is it doesn't do anything new. Okay, then go on to the next thing. I think that idea is exactly it. Thanks for sharing that, Troy. Yeah, I, I also went from science to design. Actually, I went from design to science and then back to design. And I the parallel, both ways of thinking helped me on both sides, if that makes sense. Yep, that's cool. And I, it's because you were biology or environment. I don't know. Environmental science. And uh, yeah, I did wetland ecology and soils chemistry. I think sometimes in science, it's more accepted to be, that's it. That's part of like the lab coat, right? You're supposed to explore. And I think, oh, I think for design, we are supposed to be more business. I think in business, sometimes there's not entrepreneurs explore, right? They try a bunch of things, but they seem less sticky like it's hard to put a put hard to know where to put these entrepreneurs sometimes and so they're um i don't know there's just been lots of things i've been reading and learning that are challenging the way i think about that stuff so that's good to know i think in science i mean you're playing as an experiment and because you're working through things that seems like that's more part of the process than if you're putting in like um Tori was saying your playtime, that's still experimenting. But that's not what people think of as design. Right. But why? Right? Maybe it's something we need to challenge more as, mm -hmm. as people. All right. Any last before we let Demi conclude on? I just want to say something real quick about play because um, having three young kids and, you know, uh, interacting a lot with their teachers and, and other people who are, you know, running their classes or whatever. One of the things I heard was that, um, you know, don't be surprised if the, the kids start making games out of the, the virus, the COVID thing, the scenarios, because that's the way that they express, um, you know, their environment, things that they're learning, they're expressing it through play, through games. And even like um, Ring, Around, Ring Around the Rosie comes out of the Black Plague. Uh, it's just integration of how we take things and we play with things and we learn and, you know, stack things on top of that. So I find that as kind of interesting um, correlation in, in like observ observing my kids and then also how we do that as, as grownups and how we maybe we need to look at learning in terms of uh, in the dynamic of play and, and, and seeing things that way and not so, I don't know, um, I, maybe we have a negative, some of us have a negative relationship with, uh, with science or scientific method, things like that, but thinking of things more fluid and more, um, I don't know, organic, like play. Uh, so I just thought that was an interesting uh, thing as I'm listening to everyone talking about play and, and uh, learning. You know what I think's neat is that both you and Troy have twins. 
and you have three kids, but you both have twins. And I think that maybe sometimes with twins, they, you know, they have that language, I think some, you know, or with really close siblings, um, that maybe there's something that they know how to, or they have that play language or special thing. And it's maybe it's something you're able to see in twins that you aren't able to see in just, or that normal people aren't able to see in just regular siblings. I don't know. I could be, I don't smoke anything. So I could be, you know, whatever. I don't do any drugs, but right. But I, you know, people who knows, right. You got to just think about all kinds of things. Look, Will finally makes his smile for that. Okay. But I don't do any drugs. Never have. Okay. Demi, Indus, you got five minutes to tell us about your ROI on investing in time or money in things you learn. Okay. Um, oh, that, I didn't expect that. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. Happy well, birthday, buddy. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I, I just uh, I'll I'll riff on the I'll riff on the in, in in the game thing because I uh, will take too much time to show you what I'm doing with ROI. So what I what I had recently and that was really powerful was that the, the the way the way we plan and the way we design things is actually play because what happens is we we make scenarios in our minds we make little games of what would happen if we do this and what would happen if we do this and what would happen if we do this and we experience all the different scenarios and then we pick the one that has the, the best outcome for us and this is pretty much play like this is this is exactly what people do during during games like chess or uh, video games or you know even even role playing that's what happens is you you sort of decide to to make a model, play in that model, see what breaks and what makes. And I, I think this is a powerful skill to uh, to nurture and, and hold dear, especially especially when when it's very tempting to to not follow this and go go according to the prescribed solutions. So I think you know finding what breaks and um, what not is is the best. Uh, but it takes courage, right? Yeah. It takes courage to step out, um, especially when nobody else is playing the way you're playing or you're like, mm, I don't know. Or to say, hey, today I'm going to play this way. It doesn't mean that you have to play that same way tomorrow, right? I think that that's sometimes we get stuck in the uh, uh, the rut of if I do this today, I'm going to have to do this. This is how I'm going to have to do it. And I think as we're learning things, we need to be able to try to change things up. Anyway, I'm thankful. I'm going to try to do something like this at least uh, monthly so that we can, at least during COVID season, we can have some time together when we don't normally um, have time together. It's just nice to see y'all's faces. It's nice to hear y'all. So I am thankful that I've had conversations with everybody except Andre dad Andre but we are getting it on the schedule so I'm excited to have that I'm excited to do that it is fun and I just want to let you know so I opened up the power station uh, just say raise your hand if you are currently in the power station so John and Will and Jacob and Amy and Matt so those I'm are people coming back too okay thanks Amy I have it done the email yet but I'm no no worries so um we have one more spot left and then i also have a daytime one that i'm opening well daytime for us it wouldn't necessarily be daytime 
I don't know where, I don't know. How many hours ahead are you, Andre, dad, Andre? Right now I'm at 9 p.m. Okay. 2100 hours. So you're six hours ahead. And Demi, you're six hours ahead too, right? I'm also yeah. at 9 p.m. here. Yeah. So, um, so it's going to be at 10 in the morning for me. So Demi, can you do that math really fast? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. It's going to be four o'clock for the Greenwich Mountain time, people. Okay. Or British Stop summertime. <laughs> what? Is Greenwich. that not right? It's Greenwich. Greenwich. Mean, Look, mean whatever. Time. In mean Alabama, time. we call it Greenwich or whatever I said it was. I'm so sorry. Look, I'm not. Hey, I'm so totally. Oh, I don't know what I'm saying most of the time here, people. Okay. You take that with a grain of salt. Maybe it gives you something to laugh about. I don't know. I'll GMT. They should spell it out more often than what is it? Greenwich. It's Greenwich. Meantime. Meantime. Okay. Greenwich. Not whatever. Uh, I'll get something. Anyway, so if you guys want to join us, that's what it is. Just uh, a little bit less people than this, but we just talk about a three-month goal and we hold each other accountable. And we share our struggles and we share where we are having successes. We get brainstormed. We get back and forth um, feedback, which is uh, really a big part. Jacob had a huge, um, I think in season two, had a big, when he just started playing with this thing called hot mess, it was a big, and now it's become something that he's able to do. What not maybe not as COVID, he was really building this side business, which was really fun, and you could just see the joy in him. And then, you know, Dee and John have taken their business and a whole another thing. Scott was in season two, launched a huge, uh, big, successful, uh, he launched his Patreon, that was one of his things, and then he also. Uh, had some products and partnerships that he was able to do that he was able to launch. So it's really good. Um, yeah, I'd love for you to apply. You can go to rechargingyou.com slash power station and you can find out more there if you want. Sounds Greenwich. great. Anyway, so I will out. see. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I'll check it out. No, it, it sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, um, we will see you next week. We have Nathaniel Clanton and he is gonna, I don't remember exactly. He is an entrepreneur. He's a dad. He's a new, not as new as Andre dad. Not that, I mean, of your newest baby. He had a baby maybe a couple months ago. So you're in a good league with some young dads, I guess there. So, but anyway, thank you guys for doing this. Um, any last words, power station, uh, people to just encourage somebody else john or oh yeah matt um I, I don't know where you guys are all at power station for me was a lifeline um, i think i've been waiting for a power station for all of my life so uh it means a lot and i would love to see you guys get on and would love to share and connect with you guys more i concur with matt i think that's a pretty good uh assessment there <laughs> Well, good. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. It's really a good group. So I will see you guys next week, regular time. You'll just be in the chat and I'll be on there with Nathaniel and um, he's in Portland area. So not that you could go see him or have coffee with them for anybody who's over there, but you will at least be able to see him if you see him on the street and then you can wave, right, John? Because you're waving and running. All right. 
Well, guys, have an awesome day, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye.